0: Welcome to episode 60 of Coffee and Contemplation with Susan. Hello, I'm Susan Dunlop, a professional coach and three vital questions facilitator living in Noosa, Australia. If this is the first time you've joined me, welcome. And if you've been tuned in before, thank you for coming back. People passionate about what they deliver to the world intrigue me and make me want to know what, how and why they do what they do. I choose to surround myself with people who set magnificent visions take risks to do good things in service of others, and are kind-hearted, purposeful, and wise. In service, or in the books they've written, they change lives, including their own. Guests joining me on the Coffee and Contemplation podcast are invited to share their personal stories with vulnerability for the benefit of others, and are people with either or both professional and experiential knowledge of the theme of each episode. Today's guest is one of the most enthusiastic, energised, ever-creating, innovative, and kind people I've had the pleasure to get to know in COVID times. I met Mary Lee in 2021 through our work as three vital questions facilitators with the Centre for the Empowerment Dynamic in the States. Mary Lee's Irish eyes smile, and she lights up our Zoom sessions across the globe as co-chair of the community of practice gatherings. Oh, and she's a woman who not only talks fast, but she gets shit done fast too. That, and sets an example of professionalism, courtesy, and respectfulness at the same time. I I found when I opted into a planning committee for our annual summit last year, that it was not only Lee who gets the shit done, she puts the commit in committee. We all rose up, and we all committed, and it resulted in a mutual creation of a truly inspiring and empowering event. Merrilee Smith from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, welcome.
1: Hello, Susan Dunlap. I'm so excited and honoured to be here with you today. So thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to having our chat. So you and I have tried to do this before Christmas when I wasn't well, and then you had other commitments. So, you know, we're finally coming around and that made you episode 60. Love it. So I was thinking, Merrily, that we'll get the conversation flowing. If you're okay with this plan, I feel we need to begin with a talk about you and Mary Poppins. Let's do it. This is on the back wall of Lee's office, which I'm looking at right now. Uh, it's a room I've seen many times in Zoom. There's a painting of Mary Poppins, her umbrella up as she floats across the sky. And we're both not quite sure whether it's sunset or sunrise. And she's flying as her in silhouette. And alongside her, or shadowing her, there's a larger cloud-shaped version of Mary Poppins. And I love it. But I've never asked Merrilee yet why has she got that behind her. Anyone who has a picture of Mary Poppins, it obviously means something to her. So uh, what is it that you appreciate about the Mary Poppins character, Merrilee?
1: Well, first of all, you know, I am a coach, much like you, Susan, and so I'm deeply passionate about helping people really truly shine as their best selves. And so... Whenever I decided to put my happy space, my office together here, I really decided to decorate it with things and people that have inspired me throughout my journey. And Mary Poppins has certainly been one of them. You know, if we think about Mary Poppins and who she is, she's confident in who she is and in her abilities. She's very much the definition of a creator. So as you and I both know with our three vital questions work, that, that's just such an important role. She trusts her intuition. And flies to wherever she's needed most. She just goes where she's needed, and she shows up. And she's the perfect balance of a coach and a challenger. Um, again, very important to the work that we do. Um, and she really calls forth truth to those who those who she's there to work with and help. And she teaches and empowers them. She doesn't. She's not there to fix and save them. She's truly there to give them the, the skills and the tools. But again, <laughs> she does it with. Truth, but kindness and compassion at the same time. And then she flies away. And so it's very much similar to how I see myself in my role as a coach and a challenger and a creator. And so that's just why I love her deeply. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's that's pretty much the story behind it. And I actually even did a post on this probably about a year and a half ago, because I just thought, you know, people probably wonder when they see me, I was doing a lot of live videos. I was like, what is the story behind the story of that picture on the wall? So I love that you asked me about that.
0: Ah, okay. I love anything to do with the magical side of things. Uh, There's a book I found, Lucy Cavendish. she wrote uh, magical fairy tales, and she wrote it for adults to say you know what, look back at those fairy tales and here's what they're really about it's quite a beautiful thing to you know, put that adult understanding into it when did it come to you when did you see that she was that um
1: I think as I you know I really realized that I had a passion for growing and developing developing people and helping people gosh probably about 25 years ago in my first people leader role and Coincidentally, that was actually at Disney. (laughs) And I just knew that I wanted to be able to be like her. I wanted to be able to become across raw and real and help shine the light and challenge people, but from a loving way. And so it just, I don't, I'm not even sure when that came through to me that she was just this person that I wanted to be. I actually, even when I worked with organizations, so I do individual coaching, but I also work with organizations. And several years ago, I thought, you know, it's almost like you work yourself out of a job. (laughs) In some respect, um, but there gets a point, And I remember I was working with this client, and I worked with them for so, oh, probably about three or four years. And I taught them our three vital questions work, and they really embraced it. And it got to a point where I think they, it felt like they were leaning on me as a crutch. And I kind of looked at the CEO, CEO one day, and she looked at me, and I said, "You know what? I don't think you guys need me anymore." And she agreed. And it was it was a really good, you know, end of a chapter and then I moved on to the next organization and the next client. And so I think that that's just, it just organically came to me.
0: It definitely comes a time, doesn't there? I know that feeling too, when you realize that the coaching journey is over. And I've seen that myself with coaches, when I've had coaches that I thought, you know what, I'm good now all I am doing is leaning on you as a crutch and I do need to now step up and she take ownership of what I said I was going to work towards. And generally it feels so good when you've done that.
1: And sometimes they will come back and they will, they will just need that little bit of boost, um, but not for long. And that to me is truly why I do what I do and why it's just so rewarding.
0: Mm, I was going to tell you too, before we move on, did you know that the creator of Mary Poppins was born here in Australia?
1: I did know that.
0: That's only 90 minutes north of where I live, in Maribra. I was wondering whether they called Maribra after her, but they didn't. And her father was the bank manager there. So yes, you can see where some of the, the connection is in her story.
1: Yes, I did know that. And I didn't realize that you were so close.
0: So I was thinking maybe what we'll do, seeing we're talking about you know that side of life, is when you were a child, did you have a dream job you saw yourself in as an adult? And how did that work out for you?
1: I did. And I'll keep with the theme here. Um, <laughs> so the first time I actually went to Disney World was seven. And I think just probably with many, many kids, like, oh, my gosh, I want to work there. But I truly, in my heart, just always knew that that was something that I wanted to do, that I wanted to work there. And, and it was more of that even deeper vision and why for me, even at a young age, wanting to create happy experiences for people um, where they could kind of forget their worries and the drama of, you know, sometimes our beautiful but yet chaotic and dark world and just be just be them, just be their true selves, just be their true happy th- selves. And so with that said, I was really determined to make this a reality Um, when I was in high school, I thought, ooh, maybe I want to be an animator. So I wrote, you know, a letter to the animation department and I asked, oh, what schools do you recruit, you know, animators from? And then I they sent me a letter back and I was excited and I toured a couple schools and I realized, yeah, probably art school wasn't really truly what I wanted to do. And then I was actually in my freshman year of college, I was going for business management. I, I had grown up working in my dad's pharmacy, which is a retail store, independent community pharmacy. And there was a uh, pharmacy convention. So we went with my dad. And so we got a little tour behind the scenes of Disney. And the woman that did the uh, tour had mentioned this program called the college program. And I thought, what is that? I'm in college, I could do that. So I literally walked into the casting building there in Orlando at Disney World. And I walked up and I asked, you know, how can I do that? How can I, how could I work here in college? And so they gave me information. I went back, I applied for it, I worked there two summers in college, and then became a people leader for them after I graduated um, at the age of 23. And as I mentioned before, that was truly when I realized how much I loved training and developing and coaching people. And so I wouldn't definitely not be here today if it wasn't for all of that.
0: You made that happen. Goodness me. You know, that's very young age for you to have seen that little vision and kept moving towards it. Well, in my first summer,
1: (laughs) I was like, woohoo, I'm working at Disney. Yeah, I worked in a fast food, one of the fast food restaurants at Epcot, and I was in the kitchen for the first 10 weeks flipping, or, you know, flipping burgers and fries, (laughs) It's like okay, I'm still creating magic in some way, shape, or form by doing what I'm doing, and I worked with some amazing people in that in that role, and so that's truly where I started.
0: Well, when you're working with people, it's always good to have actually worked at the jobs that they've also done before too. So that's a good uh, lesson learned. And so in terms of that, you're talking about you know the chaotic world and people stepping outside of that and turning up to Disney and just being themselves. Now, did you also, did you go through any personal hurdles in your life that you've had to leap over? Um, you know, how did you ever overcome those if you if you did have any?
1: Yeah, um, you know, the biggest thing that comes to mind is what I would coin call my inner gremlin. You know, it's that inner critic, that inner message that we all have within us in some way, shape, or form. Um, definitely that message of not being smart, good, or valuable enough. Um, and specifically because I wasn't the perfect student I wasn't the, the student who studied hard. I certainly didn't get straight A's. Um, I was definitely much a person who, uh, like the social aspect of it, if you can tell. <laughs> and I had a brother who was a straight A student. And so, you know, definitely was, you know, I kind of took on that, that self-judgment at an early age at a subconscious level, not even realizing it. And I didn't, you know, even when I got my first management role with Disney, You know, down deep, I never really felt like I actually deserved it, because it's that you know that that belief, right, that we have to hustle and we Mm. have to work hard to get what we want. And even though I just told you, like, I did this and I did this, I really wanted to get that job, but I couldn't see that. And then in 2002, um, I decided to go back and get my master's training in development, and I remember getting introduced to the concept of emotional intelligence this whole idea that we absolutely can be in control of our emotions and our thoughts and how we show up. And man, I'll just forget. It was, it was really a wake up call. That's when I woke up and I realized that I wasn't really happy being who I was being at that point. I, I was far too reactive. I was judgmental and critical of others and myself. And as a result of that internally, again, subconscious but it was bubbling to the surface i realized how unhappy i was and i was you know i think when we're unhappy with ourselves it just it just of course goes to the outside world right so it was impacting my daughter who was two it was impacting my marriage and certainly again my career because i had that you know self doubt within me so i decided at that point, I was changing this, I was stopping this. Um, And it wasn't just going to be for me and my little family, but also for generations to come. I think, again, some of those stories come from we are who we are because of our upbringing and our experiences and love my family. (laughs) Um, But, you know, there definitely was some of that, you know, judgmental, you know, judging and criticizing a little bit of that going on. And I think that's why I took that on. And I was parenting the way that I knew. And so, I decided to dive headfirst into this inner work and, and really become a student of emotional intelligence and understand what it was. And as a result of that, that's how I get introduced to our three vital questions work. And I really learned those tools that were going to help me truly be in control of my thoughts and my destiny and how I wanted to show up, not just for those I loved, but 100% myself. And i even worked with a coach <laughs> and then this, again this is why I I am where I am today too
0: that's interesting isn't it that you, you just kept on stepping forward just that one step at a time and you know like even though it can be quite scary to embrace that part of you that was a, the part that you probably didn't like but you you found something and you did push through and you're making it happen the way you want it to be
1: yeah, you know, and it, it feels good to even say that out loud. I think we're our worst critic and we don't celebrate sometimes our journey. And some of the things we actually have done from a brave and courageous standpoint. So instead of running from it, yeah, I guess I did kind of have face it head on.
0: <laughs> mm. The words brave and courageous kept coming up as you were just sharing that before. I was thinking, oh, God, you know, it is so brave what you were just talking about. So congratulations for having that, pretty the, the faith in yourself in the end to do that for yourself and for your future generations. It's lovely.
1: Thank you. Uh,
0: What's one piece of advice you'd give to someone starting out in a business like yours that from what I've witnessed is you daringly interweaving your gifts, your experience and strengths and values. I've seen how you say, for instance, on LinkedIn, you're you're very honest and sincere in your posts and about sharing your bad days as much as you do your good. So you come from a space of You're not floating along the surface of life. What advice would you give to someone to help them in that path?
1: I think first and foremost, is just the awareness of all that you just said. Know that there's in what we've already been talking about, that there are these beliefs and doubts and these things that are really, you know, bubbling underneath the surface. And by the way, it's part of our human experience. Again, I think we all come along with it some way, shape or form. But if we're not aware of that, it can really keep us stuck and, and drag us down. And so what I would say is really to, first of all, be aware, but also that to trust yourself and your heart and your inner knowing. And if there is something that, you know, you believe that you want to do, anything is possible, and I really do believe that. And even if you were like, oh, gosh, I know I want to make a change, but I'm not sure what that is, that's okay, too. It's really being able to kind of just... in meet yourself where you're on your journey and trust that. Um, And you don't have to have it figured out. I think often as business owners, like when I have the perfect website, when I have, you know, the perfect messaging, you know, then I'll go to the, no, then I'll, you know, put myself out there. Then I'll start trying and getting clients. And the reality is, and this happened to me right before, right before COVID really hit the United States is when I was feeling very off and had been doing a lot of corporate training and development and really realizing I wanted to help people at a deeper level. And then COVID hit. (laughs) Actually, I was one of the very fortunate trainers to have some work because some some of my clients went virtual and I got confirmed work and I remember crying and I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to do this anymore. And so I quit and I took a leap and I had no clients and I started a closed Facebook group and I just started doing live videos and I just started teaching what I knew. I had no idea like where that was going to go. But I knew that I had to start somewhere. And what the cool thing about all of that is, is that that informs your next step. <laughs> like you actually get clarity by just taking that leap of faith. Um, and again, just knowing that the imposter syndrome, the inner critic is always going to come up. But instead of trying to say, oh, I should know better, you know, and pushing it down, it's actually meeting it and embracing it and accepting it and listening to its messages. And yeah, you're going to make mistakes. Of course you are. But know that that's nothing's lost with that, because that's when we get to learn, we get to adjust and that helps us move forward. It may sound much easier when I say that <laughs> as I talk it. Um, but again, that is why those tools that you and I know, especially specifically from our three vital questions are so powerful because they really do normalize our human experience. And it allows us to really step into who we are, and where we want to go with confidence, with resilience feeling much lighter and calmer, knowing that we don't have to have it all figured out.
0: No, I was thinking the more we've been doing, as you said, like in the last few years, since I've been involved with the empowerment dynamic and now doing the work of not just David Emerald, but Donna Zajon, that we're doing that work that's going that much more beyond what I first saw as the drama triangle and TED. That's all I saw. Obviously, there was a bit surface level of me as well, that even though I could see and understand it, Now I'm seeing what they're really saying is that space of yeah really dropping into it to be present with the uncomfortable stuff as well as the good stuff. So it's not just putting a Band-Aid fix. It's it's beautiful work, isn't it?
1: It is. And I think that's 100% why I'm not so afraid anymore to be raw and real in post because I want Mm. people to see that. I want people to know, you know, a lot of my messaging has been happiness. Be happy, choose happy. And I've even been... Uh, Years ago, I remember I I was going for my master's and I was doing a uh, presentation and somebody gave me feedback that I was too Disney. And I remember really internalizing that and really trying to tone down my voice. And, you know, right, there's balance. Um, But then one day I was like, years later, I was like, wait a minute, but that's who I am. And But the thing about that is it doesn't mean that we're shooting unicorns and rainbows up our butt. (laughs) It means that regardless of what some of the hardest things that we go through is that we can choose you know, what we want to think and how we show up.
0: Yeah. That leads into where I was going to talk to you next. And this may touch on the emotional intelligence work you came up. So it could cross over about our mutual passion as trainers in the work of the empowerment dynamic and the three vital questions. So what drew you to that? And what was the biggest aha you had about it that you're most grateful for?
1: (laughs) Well, so emotional intelligence, I learned the concept in 2002, really leaned into figuring out what that was started to make some shifts. Then I I was mentoring students for the same program that I had gone through for my master's after I had graduated. And three of uh, the TED work actually had become, the Empowerment dynamic work had become part of their curriculum. And there was this equine horse leadership experience that I accompanied them with on. And this woman who was the leader of this retreat drew the drama triangle, the dreaded drama triangle on a whiteboard. and We were sitting in a barn and Susan, it was like a ton of bricks hit me in the head again. I was like, <gasps> I was like, oh my gosh, I know, I know so many people that are in there and I'm in that dynamic and oh my goodness, like, how do I get out of there? So that was the first, like, and what, and what I will say is that, and this is the same reaction I get with every single one of my clients. It is such a practical, tactical tool that takes that human experience and brings it to illustration and light for us. And it's it's an awareness building tool, right? And once you get that awareness, it's really hard, if ever, <laughs> for you to go backwards. Um, so for me, it was a personal journey at first. It was very much again, I realized it was putting it was putting um, some. I hate to say the word labels, but it was putting some reasons why I was being reactive and why I was you know, being judgmental and why I was being a victim and all of those things. Once we have that awareness, right, then we get to choose. Then we get to choose what we want to do with it next. So I think and when every time I teach it, it is, I will say that first and foremost, these are not our identities. When we are triggered and they're stressed, we're not going to our higher selves. Guess what? We're going into fight, flight, or freeze. That's how we're wired. It takes the heaviness of that off. And it allows people to start to get curious and ditch the judgment, right?
0: Yeah. There's some yeah, amazing conversations that can come out of just the simplicity of the model without going into the you know the other layers that we go into later on through the courses with them. But I remember that with the drama triangle, and there was no alternative that I saw back when I first came across it 16 years ago. But I remember when I first saw it, I thought, God, I know those roles. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and then... All I could see them in my office. I could see people playing it, and and me playing it. It was it was a good awareness to have because it did. You could then actually say, okay, well, let's see things as they are, and let's work on you know making it better. And that's all I could you know in my mind at that stage could do to change how I was operating. Uh, but yeah, to try and keep out of that, dropping into seeing things worse than they are, um, was really um, it was a bit of a challenge. So. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's interesting. So you did have a big uh aha. So if you could go back and give your seven-year-old self one piece of advice, what would that be? Oh,
1: um, you are unique. You're smart. And you're creative and you have many gifts and magic to share with the world. Don't let anyone or anything make you believe otherwise. And you could do anything your heart wants. I think that is, you know, when I think about going back to my seven-year-old self, I would like—I'd love to give her a hug and I would love to tell her those things and, mm. and really reassure her that that is truth and that is who she is.
0: I think young Lee would like that. Mm-hmm. hmm What would you like the rest of your life to look like?
1: You know, really? <laughs> um, it's really about what it's right now. So, you know, as coaches, we have you know, obviously, you and I have our three vital questions and the empowerment dynamic work, but there are other tools that we learn along the journey as well. But all of these tools are really helping to raise the consciousness of people. So I'm very passionate about especially more now than ever, we need it more than ever to raise the consciousness of our world. And so I just recently actually wrote my personal vision statement. And it was, well, it is. As I expand my consciousness, I will teach as many people as I can the tools and the skills to be in control of their thoughts, emotions, energy, and actions so that they can live their best and happiest life while here on this earth. So honestly, that's really what I want the rest of my life to be about. In any shape or form, I will teach as many people as I possibly can these things that I that I know um, are life-changing.
0: Okay. So Merrilee, we've actually, we're coming close to the end of our half hour type of session that we usually try to fit in. So I was wondering what your go-to mantra or an affirmation is that gets you through a challenge and just maybe share a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm going through it now. I've got a lot on my plate and it's early in the year and all good things, um, but it's just the challenge as a business owner. (laughs) It's the classic of, you know, how do you have a strategy to grow your business, but also work in the business. Um, And so I've been saying to myself, I am creative, confident and resilient, magical, just as I am. Um, Another thing I will say to myself, I'm always learning, evolving and trusting the process. And I always get to choose my thoughts and how I show up to myself, others and my life experience. Um, so I'm constantly like <laughs> lately, I said the other day to somebody, I was like, I feel like I should be more freaking out more than I am right now. Cause I have a lot on my plate, but for some reason I'm like super not. And it's, but then I was like, well, maybe because all of these amazing tools that they have learned, you're actually, you know, putting them to practice. <laughs> Um, but I, yes, I do say those things, and I really will take some time for myself, even in the morning before I get out of bed, just to say those, just to ground myself um, and know that whatever comes my way, I will figure it out somehow.
0: Hmm, I like that because it's interesting. Not many people will actually go to a, a mantra or affirmation they've made up for themselves. Um, so, you, all three of yours were internal that you have come up with those. And also, just that the space of when you do go into that sort of, yes, you've got a lot. I know you've got a lot on your plate. You're about to deliver some amazing coursework, but it's like uh, something within us that needs to go into that calm space with it. That the chaos does have to just shift away from you. So maybe you're just shifting into that because you have got some amazing ideas and tools that you are going to bring to the the people you're working with.
1: Well, and and that's just it, right? When we are when we get stressed and we get overwhelmed then it doesn't allow right for that space and that energy for that stuff to come to the top and come out and so I've yeah. really been reminding myself of that that um, calm cool and collected is much better than
0: It's <laughs> let the oxygen flow it's always a good thing <laughs> yeah uh, so do you have a favorite sing out loud in the car song
1: a really hard one because there's a lot. I love music. Um, I love the, the the group, the Cranberries, who are actually from Ireland. Um, and their one song, "Don't Analyze," is one of my favorites because it's actually had uh, the lyrics here. And one of the things is, "Don't analyze, don't analyze, don't go that way, don't live that way. That would paralyze your evolution." And so I think that actually ties into just what we were actually saying. You know, <laughs> don't overanalyze things. Just breathe. Allow. And so when I hear that song, it just always makes me feel lighter and it motivates me. So,
0: okay. So, as you sit down at your desk in the morning, that sounds like a really good song. Even if it's not in the car, you can sing it out loud in the office, maybe.
1: But any Neil Diamond, Abba, or Barry Manilow are other good ones too. But anyway, I'll digress.
0: Marilee, we are finished, so I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today because I do know, as I said, what you're about to launch is massive um, and I'm excited for you that you know, that's all coming to fruition because you've put so much work into it from what I've learned from you over the last year of really getting to meet you at a deeper level. It's been a pleasure to have you share your magic And and I think, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that magic sprinkle over people's lives for as long as I get to be your friend.
1: Well, thank you so much, Susan. And I, I deeply appreciate our friendship and you and getting to know you. You know, I too, like you said, am on a path of having you know, high vibe people in my life as well. And you certainly, I believe the universe brings those that we need just in the time that we need them. And even though we are on different continents, I feel very close and connected to you and look forward to the day where we can meet in person. So thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it
0: listeners I would just like to say I'm just forever thankful to my beautiful guests Lee for one and the many who've come on the show before her for allowing me to understand them more and share their stories and I hope you did take something away from what Lee shared like she came up with her vision from as early as seven if you've come up with something that you maybe haven't walked towards or you forgot about along the way it's a beautiful thing to go back through your life and just check in on what were the things that you said you really really wanted what did you love when you were a child Uh, because because you can go and pick that back up again and give it a shot. You know What's going to happen? All you'll have done is give it a try and um, maybe it'll put a smile on your face and sprinkle magic on the world for other people as well. If you would like to join me as a guest to talk about your dreams or your interesting life journey or how you've changed lives, please reach out and chat. Trust that you are blessed even when you forget that you are blessed. Take care of yourself. I look forward to being back soon. Bye for now.